Well, good morning. Welcome to the live show here on Podbean. I want to thank you for joining me today. I've got a couple topics I want to cover today. Uh, I will be talking a little bit about Hawaii just because I've come up with somewhat of an interesting thesis on what is going on there. But I also want to give more information about the illusion of democracy and further proof that I am right about what I am telling you about it and further information on how it may work. And most interesting of all, at least I think it might be most interesting to you, is where I think Trump fits into this entire plan. There's been a lot of conjecture, you know, is Trump the Antichrist? Is Trump this? Is he light side of the system? Is he a Mason? Is he this? Is he that? And I don't have the answers to all that, folks. But after spending a lot of time studying the election system, after thinking about all the things that I've seen over the last few years about having a very good idea of the direction of this world because of reading the end of the Bible and knowing that it has to get to that place somewhere, I have used common logic and deduction to put forth my opinions, which I will share with you. Now, I always start off these live shows with some music, and I have just downloaded something, I pray that it works, <laughs> a song that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it is a secular song, but yet it, uh, so first of all, the artist does is a believer, and uh, this particular artist is a very good friend of mine, uh, very good friend, and uh, we've spent a lot of time together. Our kids played together, and we would sit on my porch playing guitar. Uh, no, I am nowhere near the guitar player that he is, but he was always uh, very generous to me. And uh, this is a this is a guy who you know. David Bowie, after discovering Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, pulled up my friend and he went out and recorded an album with David Bowie and subsequently went on tour with him and did all the like Tonight Show, David Letterman and stuff like that. So uh, this guy is uber talented. And this song is, it's a, what I'll call it, a heavy groovy. <laughs> it is heavy groovy. But the lyrics are definitely uplifting, and I think it is most appropriate for a Friday. If you're listening to the replay of this and you don't want to hear the song, then I suggest you just skip forward about three minutes. However, if you do not listen to this song, you are missing out on something special, in my opinion. Even if it is not your particular style, you will hear the talent if this link works. <laughs> so with that little bit of doubt in my mind, let me start with a prayer. And I just hope you say this in your own words. Of course, I'm going to say my personalized version of the Lord's Prayer. And that is, 
my Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me my trespasses and I will forgive those who've trespassed against me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And of course, I pray that to the one who died on the cross for mine and your sins, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Hey, without further ado, Heavy Groovy, the name of the artist, is Wild Tea and the Spirit. And the song is Everything is Going to Be All Right. And let me tell you that I think the words in this song are true. Enjoy.
Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Yes, and and yes, Teresa, it might be a bit much for 6 a.m., but the message remains the same, that everything is going to be all right. This world is filled with trials and tribulations and confusion and delusion, but the God of this world is not my God. My God is in charge. And we, who have chosen him, have been brought out of this world and into his kingdom. We're not waiting for it. The minute you became born again, it happened. The minute you were transferred. So they can do all kinds of things to our flesh, but they can never take that away. And having said that, and with such an optimistic song, uh, my heart goes out to the beautiful people of Hawaii. And I know a lot of people are talking about it, and a lot of people are talking about direct energy weapons and all kinds of stuff that's happening there. And look, I, I believe a lot of that to be true. There are some photographs, but in this day and age with Photoshop and everything else, look, I don't know what to believe. But when I look at the images, it's not natural, folks. So I am coming to that conclusion. And one of the things that strikes me about this is these things happen in the most beautiful places. California, you know, um, and, and we get natural forest fires and stuff like that all around the world. It's, it's part of the world's cleansing and rebuilding process. It's the, the world does this. It's, it's the way it was designed that it would happen. But I'm starting to think that, you know, with these super beautiful places, that this is a cabal land grab. Because with a little bit of money and a lot of planting and stuff like that, these places can be revitalized. And of course, the property is going to be bought at uh, a fraction of its value. It's sad. And one of the things that stuck out to me, and I was watching the fake news last night because occasionally they let things slip. And that is the case last night. I tuned in to the beginning of the Jesse Waters show. By the way, I, I, just a comment on Jesse Waters. He got his start with Bill O'Reilly. 
I'm telling you, the guy is channeling Bill O'Reilly. He is a meme of Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Just, you know, with an ego through the roof, which is repulsive. Um, however, uh, having said that, the thing that slipped out was the very first camera angle that he showed was a small plane, like a Cessna-type private aircraft, flying over the marina, and all of the boats were burned. And that is highly unusual because flames do not travel through water. Now, with a strong wind, can the flame reach across the water? If it's big enough, okay. But the thing that slipped out in the broadcast was there was a strong, there was a lot of gasoline in the water that ignited. So it's almost like, so people in that city, if they did not get out in time, and many did not, I think we're being lied to about the death tolls at this point. If you look at the landlock area, um, it's not easy to get out. And, you know, some people were not able to. Going into the water would be an escape. But I, this is, this is me putting on the tinfoil hat, folks. But if it was an obvious direct energy weapon... Then, and, and by the way, there's houses that were completely missed. <laughs> Weird. Weird how some trees are still standing, yet uh, houses made of uh, other materials and that were completely gone. How do you minimize the amount of eyewitnesses? Please pray for the people in Hawaii. I know this stuff happens around the world. And, you know, one of my reflections this morning, when I was just trying to listen to, for the Lord to speak to me, is, you know, these occultists that are running the world, because God, or Satan is the God of this world, small g, but his minions, they work harder than we Christians do. By the way, they have to. <laughs> they got to get everything just right in their little magical rituals and all this stuff. But they do rituals over every major event that they want to pull off because they want as much success as possible. And they're taught how to do it through the hidden knowledge and the Solomonic magic that they're using. So we need to work harder in our prayer lives. And I'm the first to admit that I am not great at prayer. I don't sound eloquent when I pray. 
I don't use fancy words, all the what we'll say are Christianese. But I put forth my best effort to believe my prayer and put faith into it. And it is the belief in things yet unseen. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Of course, when we look at the uh, word of faith doctrines and stuff like that, they use it against Jesus, just like the Pharisees did. But God knows our thoughts, every one of them, good and bad. He knows how we talk. So just have an honest conversation with God. And if you can pull up some compassion from your innermost being for those people, and it's not only the people in Hawaii, you look at the fentanyl and the tragedy that is happening around the world right now and and what's happening with the kids, my heart really does break for this. And, and I'm not a person that compassion comes easy to. But thankfully, God is working in me as he is working in you. And if you caught last Sunday's broadcast, that essentially was the punchline of what God is doing today. And I believe it's his number one priority. It's to make you more like the image of Jesus Christ. So, praise God. And uh, uh, bless you, Natasha. By the way, Natasha, Wild Tea, if you dug the music, is from lives in the Toronto area. We could go out and see him. <laughs> um and and we'll get we'll get special treatment because because him and I are really cool. <laughs> All right. Let's talk more about the election. So I did a show on it last Friday. I did a show with uh many of you have seen with uh, David Nino Rodriguez, and I didn't quite get out all the points that I wanted to make during it. He took it in a, well, he has his point of view, and he has, you know, as everyone does, and he took me in a bit of a direction, and, um, you know, I had to accommodate it. Um, I'm really thankful for David, and uh, you know what? He he wears his heart on his sleeve, folks. Um, I personally think that uh, he's surrounded with some snakes <laughs> who whisper in his ears constantly. And, you know, he might not understand the, you know, the, the things of the spirit uh, to the degree that we do, but he's newer at it than, than we are. And, you know, he comes from a, you know, religious Catholic faith, as many people here do. and. Uh, he has a lot of new age people coming on his program and he hears different things and he's trying to put the pieces together. And folks, I just ask that you, uh, 
give him a bit of a break because, listen, he was a professional boxer, and that's not an insult to his intellect because he's certainly very intelligent. Make no mistake, he is a very intelligent man. But and I don't want to paint everyone with a with a specific brush, but someone who's training to be an elite fighter, in which he was and, and is, um, that's not someone spending hours and hours in the Bible. They're in the gym. So, you know, there's there's some catching up, and he is making a concerted effort. And I've had many personal conversations with him. And he really is a, a caring guy, and uh, and I think he, you see, you get exactly what you see. Uh, he's the same off air as he is on air, and uh, in fact, maybe a little bit more tender off air, if anything. So, having said that, let's get into some of the election stuff, and I do need to repeat a couple points just to make sure that you have the context. And of course, I'm speaking specifically about the United States at this point. And the real point of the show was that you do not have a say in the federal elections for president. You only have a say in America on your state and local governments. This is true. I read the Article 2 of the Constitution, and I also defined who the electors are. I do not need to do that again today, but it is the Electoral College by design, that elects the president. So if a president claims he got 75,000 votes or 81 million votes, none of them count. What counts is the 538 votes cast by the Electoral College and you must get a 270 or better to win the presidency. This is absolutely true. Contrary to belief, the electors do not have to vote for what the people in the state have said. This is the illusion that is put out across the spectrum they do not have to vote for it. So if you prove voter fraud, like right now everyone's talking about Michigan, we've got the proof. Okay. Okay, more people voted for DJT. Okay, what did the electors say? That's what matters. Now, 
people are going to say, but it's state law, and it is in some states, that the electors have to vote with the populace. That's true. The state law says that. But <laughs> the legalese in this stuff is absolutely astounding. When you look at the amount of legal code that is written in the country of the United States and every country around the world, it's done on purpose. Nothing supersedes the Constitution. Nothing supersedes the Constitution. The federal government, listen to this, has a contract with each state. They do not have a contract with the citizens of each state. So, the delegates enter into a contract from the state, appointed, they're supposed to be appointed by the state, and they are contracted to the federal government. So the state holds nothing over them. This is what I believe. I cannot study every bit of lawfare on this, but it seems obvious to me. And when you understand that no law supersedes the Constitution, this becomes an obvious point. <clears throat> now, why the illusion of democracy? And I'm repeating myself from last week here. Understand that the United States, the great experiment, by the way, you need to listen to words. Words are important. The United States was founded by secret societies. They were Masons. They wrote a perfect document. And they called it the New World. They didn't call it a new country. They called it the New World. And was it Benjamin Franklin who came out of the, uh, the constitutional discussions and he says, we have a great thing, a constitutional republic, if you can keep it? They knew that it would fail because they know human psychology and the human nature. Humans like to be led. But, and I'm repeating, they established this new world and they established a true free nation with a long-term plan. And this plan has passed along through secret societies 
for thousands of years. How can it do it? It isn't by the transference of men to their sons and to the next generation, although that does happen. At the top, these people communicate directly with the fallen angels. The fallen angels have been consistent in their plan for thousands of years. They want to bring in a new world, which means the old world must go. <coughs> How do you take down the old world, families, bloodlines, with all the money in the world, with everything at their, in their fingertips. They can make anything in the world happen. How do you take them down? You give a taste of true freedom. And it's also said, <coughs> if you love something, set it free. And then if it comes back, it's yours. Think about that for a second. And if you had something and it was so good, and people of my generation and older had something and it was so good. Now we do not have it. And when it comes back, and it will, when it comes back, people are going to relish it and it's going to take down the kings and queens of old around the world. It's already started in places like Italy. Um, there's, there's a number of countries around the world that have gone to the Political right, we'll call it. You know I don't believe in the right and left. And, and by the way, if you still believe that there's a right and left, and it isn't just a divisive thing, you will not understand this. There is no right and left that has been made to divide people from the beginning. In fact, let me just digress for a few moments back to the foundings of America. The Constitution says that the electors, the Electoral College, will be chosen by the local and state governments. That still happens, except <laughs> now they're chosen by the parties and then appointed by the local state governments in a partisan fashion. And if you understand, the partisan fashion is just to divide people and they're all working together, you'll understand. The Constitution never states that there shall be appointees by a fractured party system. Do you know when the party system started 
in the United States? This is very interesting. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson led partisan political factions or parties into the national elections of 1796, 30 years after the foundation of the United States. And here's something interesting. What were the names of those two parties? The first one was the Federalists. Words are important. Federalist stands for centralized power. So you had the centralized power party. Then the other party was called the Democratic Republicans. Words are important. If you listened to last week's broadcast, I told you that democracy is the step right before becoming a totalitarian, fascist, Marxist, communist society. If you want a society to plunge into one of these versions of communism, you must become a democracy first because mob rule will demand it. This is why the founders did not want the people of the United States to vote for president because they would have ignorant people. And think about it, there was no TV back then. You, If you lived in New York, you didn't hear about the brilliant guy in California. You're going to vote for just whoever. Whoever got the news or the propaganda of the day to you. So it was designed a specific way, but then the parties came in, and the parties started to control things. So you had the central control party, and the one that put, and they put Democratic Republican, Democratic being the first word. So, in other words, a slippery slope for Republic to go into democracy and then Marxism, right from the 30th year of the founding of the United States. And it has been going to this day, and it is all coming towards the end goal. It is a captured operation on every level. Yes, there are machines that do crazy things. There are governors, so even if there was a state law and, you know, they said we want to punish these electors for not voting the popular way, you know, no, no, we want to rescind that vote. We want to decertify it. This could happen because really the Constitution has been suspended, okay? 
You have to understand that. No one's operating under the Constitution right now. It's obviously been suspended. So they can try to decertify and stuff like that. And then, you know, despite all the, you know, okay, no, we proved this. The vote was there. They should have voted for the popular vote, but, you know, the registry and that doesn't matter because the person does not have a contract with the federal government. The state does. I repeat that. But let's just play along with the illusion of democracy. Let's just play along for a moment. Who would charge the electors? And there are penalties in certain states for them. They can be fined. They can be removed. But that would have to come from the governor and the attorney general of the state. They are captured operations. <laughs> to this date, and the Electoral College has been around since the beginning, not one elector has ever been prosecuted. Not one. Huh. Well, isn't that interesting? So they do this grandiose illusion of democracy, and I'm going to go as far as to say it is magic. Illusion is magic. And if you know anything about the esoteric, I'm going to be a little bit more specific for your research. Chaos magic. Chaos magic. Right versus left, person against person, distraction. Oh, we got machines here, we got mules there, we have trucks here, we shut down the the recount, we've thrown out the, the ballot watchers, we've got chaos. And it's so evident that it gets everyone's attention. Distraction, distraction, distraction from the real thing that is going on. These people do rituals over everything. What comes right before the election? Oh, it's Halloween. The highest days on their calendar for the highest office in the world. Any relation? And by the way, the dates in November were set up by the Masons who set up the country. They might not have known everything they were doing, but the fallen angels who whispered in their ears certainly did. Now, some of you might think I'm way out there. Well, if you look at this stuff as hard and spend as much at as many hours as I do, and for the period that I've been looking at this, you if you have a functioning brain, will come to the same conclusions. So they have built this illusion with checks and balances 
on every level with the courts, with the ballots, with the governor, with the legisl state legislatures, with the Supreme Court, with lawfare. They have put checks and balances everywhere. And I want to just give you some antidotal evidence that this has been a huge psychological operation. It has been magic. It has been an illusion. One of the most telling things that occurred to me yesterday as I was looking at all of this is how in a country as diversified uh, where there's 350 million people, I think there's about 180 million eligible voters of age or greater. How come the total votes always come up to a percentage of about 51% to 49%? How is that possible? <laughs> How is that possible when you look at uh, Donald Trump filling up, you know, anywhere from 30,000 to 100,000 people in a rally and virtual Joe gets six people in a circle? Oh, and they work for him. <laughs> but it was 51 to 49. Right. Oh, but you're so close, citizen. You're so close. You have a chance. There's hope next time. Do you see the psychological operation? Am I the only one? Please give me some feedback in the chat, folks. Am I the only one? So, let's get on to some hopium and my personal conjecture. I truly do believe that America will rebound and it will do that for the purpose of bringing down the old guard around the world. Because when all this exposed is exposed, it's exposed globally, folks. <laughs> when the MSM goes down, and they have to. Um, <laughs> it's going to be covered one way or the other. And the old guard goes down and the new guard goes up. If you caught the show with Nino yesterday, he said something brilliant. He really did. And he's been saying it for a while about the pendulum shift. And the pendulum has been hanging up on the very left-hand side, so far left for so long in recent memory. And it's swinging towards the right. And he said he fears that it's going to go all the way to the right. Well, that is also my belief. So the politicians that will come in will be, will be people 
And they're vying for position now, folks, that believe in a seven-mountain mandate. And if you're wondering who is going to replace the mainstream media, well, I think there's a lot of people who are trying to become influencers right now who are vying for those positions as well. You know, I kind of like a guy like Stu Peters. Um, you know, he's bold. He seems brave. Very well produced. I don't know him. Um, I'm sure you could dig up dirt on anyone. Except for me, I've led a squeaky clean life, of course. <laughs> right. Um, but he has a lot of hatred in his heart. If you see him on Twitter, if you see things, he is a very angry man. And we have rights to be angry. And there's a righteous anger, which is a good anger. But he, his is a little bit different. Would you like to see someone like that become super powerful? How about some of these other influencers? Would you like to see them become powerful? So I'm going to bring this around and I'm going to tell you what I think Trump's role is. And, you know, there's a person who I think is highly involved in this psychological operation. And that's General Flynn. People have mixed feelings on him. I think there's enough evidence to say that he's a bad guy. Uh, but there's also a lot of evidence that says he's a good guy. And, you know, you can pull up, you can paint anyone with a brush. But only God truly knows their hearts. And I'll just put this out for food for thought. I have my own thoughts on General Flynn. However, if people, if, if the evil ones and the Masons have infiltrated every level of society and everything else, is it possible that some good guys have infiltrated them? Just keep that in mind. So, you know, we have to be careful not to judge people. We'll know them by their fruits. That's true. And I just bring up General Flynn because, you know, he said a lot of bad stuff like that, uh, like that prayer uh, at Hank Kuhneman's church, who's not a good guy. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And there's all kinds of stuff you could say. But General Flynn has been repeating one message, and I'm loosely translating. I might get the words exact, but I'm not sure. But he has been saying that local action has national consequences. And if you're going to win America back, that is absolutely true. And he is pointing people in the right direction there. So that is my comment on General Flynn. How does Trump fit into all of this? Some people say Trump is bad. Some people say Trump is good. Some people go as far as saying Trump is God's David. 
or King Cyrus. When I read the Bible, and I've shared this on air, the way that Donald Trump has risen and his actions are reflective of those two biblical characters. Uh, not characters, people. And when you look at Cyrus, he took down Babylon without bloodshed. And I see that happening with Donald John Trump right now. So I believe that Trump's role in this, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, you know, God's in control of even the bad guys, right? God allows the bad guys to do certain things, and God always puts his hand on certain people to create balance or to fulfill his purposes. Understand that. There are very few people in this world as smart as Donald Trump is. The evidence is there. He obviously has an uncanny ability to predict the future events. Probably because some of this is planned. And I'm just going to put this out there, folks. Um, you know, we give a lot of attention to the occult and how they listen to fallen angels. Well, you know, God sends messengers as well. And two-thirds of the angels are still under God's control. Now, they're all under God's control, but you know what I mean. So how do they see the future? Well, some people say time travel, some people say this, some people say that. I think the most likely scenario is that there's messengers. I do believe that Donald John Trump will rise to power and he will fulfill his promises to make America great again. And that will trigger a tsunami around the world of the old guard falling. But don't forget, when the old guard falls, people go into their place. People will fill the void like a vacuum. And who will those people be? Well, they're not going to be the common Joe, because common Joe doesn't have the money or the machinery to get the message out to jump into those positions. The people who go into those positions will have the will of the people, and the people will say, I want that person! Because they stand for what I believe in. And they're going to say all the right things. And for a short while, things will be good. And eventually, to get rid of child trafficking and the scourges on society, the world will go to a currency. They'll say it's safe. People will want it. 
after what they see. No one's going to be forced into taking the mark. People are going to be lining up with glee to get it. And when you hear the words, peace and safety, you'd better beware. So is Trump good or bad? Well, I think what he's going to do is good. I want to see justice. And right now, this world is a living hell in many aspects, and I, I'll take it getting better for a few years. How about you? And I'll take the uh, fact that I think my Lord is coming soon. And if he wants to come sooner... Hallelujah. Yeah, there'll be some hard times, but, you know, I'm reminded of that uh, footprint in the sand. There was only one set of footprints because the Lord carried you. If you don't know Jesus, folks, don't take my word for it. I can give you all of the conjecture to try to convince you that it's the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, God is bigger than me, and he's able to speak for himself. He promises, knock, and the door will be answered. So if you really want to know if he's real, if you really want to know if his word is true, with a sincere heart, approach him. He will answer. He's incapable of breaking his promises. And he is the only true God. You'll find that out for sure. Well, sweet Southern girly, that is an amazing suggestion. And because, <laughs> not because, but thank you for the gift. It's an amazing suggestion. I would have done it without the gift. Um, so in the text, sweet Southern girly said, I need to share Matthew 24 with everyone. I will not read the entire chapter, but I think I'm going to read a very pertinent part of it that speaks to what I believe is happening today. It's always good to put in some scripture, is it not? Okay, so from verse 3, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will we see these things happen, and what, what will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you, for many come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many people. And you will be hearing wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. <laughs> I just got to stop here for a second. 
everything is gonna be all right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the song was perfect. And you will be hearing wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for these things must take place. But that is not yet the end, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But these things are merely the beginnings of birth pains. Then they will hand you over to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and mislead many people. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testifier to the nations. And then the end will come. So I just want to point out, when it says the whole world will hate you because of my name, Please understand the world is unified at that time. They are unified in their hate for you. Which means to me, and when you read Revelation and everything else, there is a false promise of peace and it is short. How long it is? We don't know how long that false sense of peace is, but we do know how long the tribulation is. And despite what you hear from other people, I'm going to tell you that the... I should, well, I, in fact, Matthew tells you right here. <laughs> Let me continue on. I'm going to talk about the time of the rapture. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judah must flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop must go to get the things out of his house. And whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those women who are pregnant and nursing babies. Uh, sorry. Uh, moreover, pray that you flee and it not be in winter or the Sabbath. For then will be great tribulations such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now. And if those days had not been cut short, no life would be saved. But for sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. I wanted to say to you, when you see the abomination of desolation, and that is essentially when the Antichrist presents himself, he becomes possessed and is standing in the temple, the sun will go dark and the moon will go blood red. It is from that point, and if you study Revelation and the timelines in the 70th week of Daniel, it is my firm belief that there's 1260 days of the first part of the tribulation we will endure that. We will be carried through it. But then the abomination of desolation happens. That's the mark of the beast will be entered in at that time. And because we won't be able to buy or sell, listen, I think there's a reason Jesus fasted for 40 days and there's all kinds of 40-day things 
in the Bible, I think that we can survive without food. Our bodies can survive that long. And I think within 40 days of the abomination of desolation will be the rapture because there are many scriptures that point to we will not suffer the wrath of God. And the second half of the tribulation is the wrath of God. Why would God, who loves his children, put them through wrath? Doesn't mean we won't be martyred. It doesn't mean he won't go through some bad stuff. His apostles did. <laughs> but we've had it good till now. Look, we've lived in a society with flush toilets. <laughs> what luxury is that? <laughs> Everything will be all right, folks. Have your blessed assurance. Anyways, I hope that you got something out of that with the election stuff and you understand more how it can happen. Uh, oh, I, there's one critical point I messed out. I hope people didn't leave when I got into my scriptural diatribe because a lot of people tend to tune out at those points. It's funny, they want to hear intel. They don't want to hear the word of God. Hmm. Interesting. Because we're not really living under a constitution, and some people say it's been suspended, it's under wartime act and stuff like that, I think there's probably some truth to that. Uh, there is probably a master plan of some kind happening, but one thing that has been interesting is that Trump has been on the ground for the last several years and putting in and endorsing people in local and state governments. And if he got enough of those, including his electors, um, they can overturn the election. If he has the right apparatus in place, it is certainly possible. And that's why I don't think it's going to 2024. Anyways, God bless each and every one of you. Look, if you don't mind saying a prayer for me today, I've got a, a lot of stuff on my plate, a lot of family stuff, a lot of personal stuff. It's going to be a really long day for me. And if I got two hours of sleep last night, I would consider that exaggerated. So uh, if you could take some time to pray for me, uh, I would appreciate it. But I'm going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each and every one in this Right On Radio community. Lord, I thank you that each one in here, some people contribute, some people stay silent and just watch, but I thank you that we're all together. And even the ones who don't contribute in the in the chats and the different places, Lord, I know that you're, their thoughts and hearts are with everyone in this community. You've truly given us something special. And Lord, as you reminded me yesterday, that we are so fortunate in this community that, Lord, you literally have ripped the veil open. And we are seeing the world worth more truth than many people in this world. And it's because we look to your word and to you as our guide, the one who created it all, of course. <laughs> um, it's the easiest thing to do, but it's also the best thing to do. And Lord, you have blessed us with that, and you're keeping us 
this community on the narrow path. I pray that not one person in this community falls off the narrow path. In fact, I pray that you use each person, each and every one here to grab someone with your tender mercies and yank them away from the path that leads to the wide gate of destruction and bring them onto the narrow path, which leads to eternity with you. Lord, I pray for everyone's finances. I pray for the provision in their lives, for their health. And Lord, for their families, for more unity, more salvation. And Lord, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray that particularly for the Right On Radio community. And I just want to also lift up the prayer team for Right On Radio. Lord, what a blessing to have these gifted ladies and gentlemen, actually, now in the fold of the, uh, the prayer team. Their dedication and the amount of hours of work that they put into it. Lord, let let the people know that it isn't just the, the meetings that we have publicly, that they actually put in a lot more effort and a lot more study than is apparent. They take their jobs seriously, Lord, and they will to do that. So I give you the praise and the honor that you've put that spirit of reverence in them and you've moved upon their heart the importance of prayer and that you've given them the ability to be good at it. Lord, I lift up our prayer team to you. And Lord, I amplify their prayers as a request to you, the sovereign God. Lord, we don't command anything. We ask you. And as a loving Father's will, it will be done. Amen. Hey, just uh, on that note, uh, we have our prayer meeting Saturday on Telegram at 8 p.m. You should join, even if you don't say anything. Um, just be there and pray along with us. And the Holy Spirit shows up every time, folks. <laughs> every time. You will leave with a sense of joy. Um, I can't make that promise to you, but that is the overwhelming uh, result after a couple of years. And uh, you will be filled with joy because you're not going to be filled with strife from praying to our God. Let's face it, right? <laughs> God is so good. Um, you'll be blessed. And we'll be blessed by having you there. So on Telegram at 8 p.m. Saturday night and Wednesdays at 7.30. God bless each and every one of you. May your weekend be great. Uh, I'll see you on Sunday for a live show. We're going to be finishing Timothy. And uh, love your God. Love your family. Love your neighbor as yourself and...
make a difference in your community. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right on radio. Right on radio.